0: Well, plumbers just can't pay. Well, coaches just can't pay. Well, course creators, they just don't have any money. Well, hedge fund managers just don't have money. Well, private equity firms just don't have any money. <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating for a fact. Right, here, right, right, right. You hear it in, oh, they're just stingy. You don't know how to access your market yet. This right. is a lead generation problem. This is a marketing problem, and you're letting it get to you.
1: How do you grow and scale your business while avoiding entrepreneur poverty? Hi, I'm Buzz, and I've spent over 20 years marketing for entrepreneurs just like you. I've learned there's no one secret to success, but a series of strategies to help business owners scale at will. On this podcast, we uncover invaluable insights that successful entrepreneurs and industry experts use to profitably scale businesses. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. It's amazing how many entrepreneurs I talk with that are either scared of sales or have a hatred for it. A lot of the fear I see comes from two main sources. The first cause is talking to strangers mixed with a little bit of uh, imposter syndrome. In my opinion, fixing this is just a matter of practice and a little mindset work. But the second reason I see many avoid the sales process is that sleazy sales stigma everyone has. This is also why many people hate the sales process. They just don't want to be seen as pushy salespeople. And I don't blame them. Pushy salespeople bug me too. But without sales, your business is going nowhere and avoiding the process is just slowing you down. So how can we approach sales in a way that avoids the sleazy aspect altogether? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. And to help me peel back the layers is Jeremy Pope a former clinical and stage hypnotist who now helps entrepreneurs build scalable, high-ticket sales departments. He has been a top salesperson, sales manager, and sales trainer for a plethora of businesses, including the direct marketing giant, Guthrie Ranker. Now, he and his team at Sales Call Overhaul build high-ticket sales departments and help small business owners repair broken sales methods. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah we're we're all talking about sales and I'm I'm sure some people are th- expecting somebody about as loud as me and then you're just like nice and <laughs> hi my <laughs> name is Jerry Pope we're gonna talk about sales today well, now, I can, I can I, put the microphone closer but yeah I have that. <laughs> <laughs> so I,
0: there's a story about that as a sales trainer um i I started doing a lot of sales training after I came to the hypnosis world I trained a bunch of hypnotists and then I trained a bunch of other people in insurance and um, mortgage officers, a bunch of different areas, but um, every time I would try and go high energy, and this happens when I go on camera as well, when I try and get really high energy, if I get compliments on the performance afterwards, it's always, you're so calm and soothing. I could listen all day. And I'm like, that is not what I was going for. But if that's all I've got, I'll I'll use it. Okay. So I I definitely have a lane as it turns out. The the hypnosis years got to me pretty hard. (laughs)
1: That's awesome. I'm sure a lot of my listeners probably like, if if Buzz could just calm down a little bit. I'm, I'm a high <laughs> no, energy I, I loved
0: the read-in. That was fantastic. <laughs> I was going to say something about it after, after we talked, but I'll say it now. Yeah, that
1: was a lot of fun. <laughs> I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's dive in here. Why do salespeople get such a bad rap?
0: Well, I, I think that most of the bad rap for salespeople comes from not knowing what they're up to. Like not knowing their audience properly and how to sell it, not knowing their product, not knowing their audience, just not being briefed in fully Mm -hmm. Uh, from being high pressure and then from internal insecurities that they've got. And all these three things play together pretty nicely to create a, a swamp of unpleasantness there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree because I was in sales and marketing at a young age and uh, you always start in the sales floor and then get into marketing, which it, back this is back in the nineties and uh, insecurity. Yeah. Insecurity. Salespeople are always considered the most secure or outgoing people, but I've noticed right. that. Uh, yeah. But it's, but it's really that boisterous um, piece right there for a lot of folks that what you see there that confidence is actually a veil yeah. of insecurity and they just don't want to see you to see that weakness because they think the weakness is going to hurt them yeah and I found is that just being natural like I sold guitars at Guitar Center in San Francisco when I was uh a, a late teen and that was like my whole gig like people were like why do you sell so many guitars I was like because I just listen to people like what do you want what's why do you want a guitar right. you know and just listen to them and then it's like, when I got excited, I was actually excited, like, oh my God, I love this guitar on you. It wasn't fake. It was me actually being buzz, excited yeah. buzz, <laughs> you know? So the sleaziness though, is that, and that pushing, like, I've, I've talked to so many of these sales trainers out there. And I have friends who have huge businesses that teach people how to sell in one call, one call, clothes type of things. Sure. And I listen to it and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try to learn this, but it's always comes to that pushy. It comes off sleazy to me. Like I feel like I'm trying to squeeze something out of somebody. And when I feel that I feel sleazy, right? Where does that come from? Why are people so afraid to let people off the hook salespeople specifically off the hook in a sales call?
0: I, I actually think about it almost the other way around. Um, we we fail to put people on the hook properly, and mm. so so we don't let them off the wrong hooks. There there are different hooks that we can use in a sales call. Mm-hmm. So when someone won't drop the topic, when someone won't drop it after you've told them no, I think mm-hmm. that's the the kind of hook that you're talking about there. Yeah, and it's because they don't know what to do in a sales call earlier on. So all they've got is that hook. Mm. I I talk a lot about how a lever is not a club Mm. or a club is not a lever. Those are not the same thing. Both are a stick. But Mm -hmm. if you want a lever to move someone to action instead of just beat them away from you, like all you can do with a club is to hit someone and get them away from you. You can't Mm -hmm. get them to a specific thing unless you've got like forty people with clubs hurting them. I mean, that's that's hurting, (laughs) you know. So (laughs) the waterboarding effect. Yeah, but we we don't have access to those kind of resources, nor do we really want to take that approach. Mm -hmm. But if you build the fulcrum ahead of time, if you build buy-in on each concept ahead of time, if you build the the commitment previous to asking for a sale, then. You don't have to beat people with the stick that you've got in your hand. You can pull on that lever and you can move someone to action. Was it Archimedes that says with a lever long enough, I could move the world? Yes. It, it's that kind of thing. I mean, just how long is that lever? Have you, have yeah. you built that fulcrum right. beforehand? So I think that's why a lot of salespeople fail to access the right stuff is because mm-hmm. they're more concerned with pitching than they are with listening like you said i Mm -hmm. I, I call a part of my process the million dollar ear and when people ask me what i learned about selling from being a hypnotist it's never what they think it's i learned how to listen to someone's internal world properly that's Mm -hmm. all it was Mm -hmm. and it's it's almost just like you were talking about with your stint at guitar center Um, you can sell an awful lot when you learn how to listen fully and that's, that's the hooks that I want people
1: on is tell me the everything. Right. No, I get that. You kind of dive into like the consultative sales process, which for yeah. service-based businesses like mine, that's easy. Like to me, yeah. that's like the only way it I've ever big. sold. Yeah. Right. And I even joke with people. I was like, I don't sell anything. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, <laughs> yeah. You're killing it. Like I've had multimillion dollar companies and yeah. I'm like, because I don't sell anything. They're like, well, yeah. what do you do instead? I said I consult and I find a, a solution to a problem. And sometimes that solution is me, other mm-hmm. times it's somebody else. And every single time the person on the other end wins. Yeah. Period. And that yeah. if people just stopped listening to the noise, you know, and just just be yourself could mm-hmm. alleviate a lot of that.
0: Well, it does. It absolutely does. I, I talk a lot about givers stuck in a taker process. Mm. When they learn a process from the biz-op world where it's it maybe a bit more condescending than most of the B2B selling that happens. Because mm. a lot of biz-op buyers are business babies, mm. and so they get treated like babies by the gurus and the gurus sales teams. And the gurus sales teams get very cynical about it, and so you get a lot of condescension and patronizing behavior in that world. Mm-hmm. Those sales processes do not work when you're talking to a lawyer or a plumber or a, mm-hmm. I mean a real business owner who's doing stuff. They're, they're a bit more mature, they may have a team, etc. And so they've just learned their way through some of these things already and they do not want to be treated the same way as, as a toddler in their own business you know right. being able to come out of that, and, and be yourself and, and have a giver sales process that fits you as a giver, mm-hmm. that alone, just a process that fits you, I've seen that double clients' close rates in, in mm. a week because Beautiful. it just fits now. Regardless right. of what the techniques are, it's mm-hmm. just that it happens to fit them. It feels good now. And so right. they have a lot more confidence in it.
1: I, I feel like... The, the all the sales gurus that you see advertising on social media and search engines and and whatnot, it's like they're almost primed for more of a con- business consumer aspect versus a B two B. I would say um, that that's common.
0: Now, mm-hmm. I am not anti guru. I mean, I right, I'm kind no. of. In that field myself, I guess you could say, though, I'm not well known enough to be a guru uh, in, in that sense, but sure. there are a lot of great sales trainers out there that I right. love and they'll teach great stuff. And you probably interviewed a bunch of them, but <laughs> there is a subset of any industry. And you hear this from a lot of business owners th- that are struggling particularly, well, plumbers just can't pay, well, coaches just can't pay, well, course creators, they just don't have any money, well, hedge fund managers just don't have money, well, private equity firms just don't have any money. (laughs) I mean, I'm exaggerating for a fact right, right. right. you hear it in, oh, they're just stingy. You don't know how to access your market yet. This is a lead generation problem, this is a marketing problem, and you're letting it get to you you're really getting in your head about yourself about your market you're creating an identity of poverty around this Mm -hmm. around this avatar and and a lot of times around yourself when when you hear that kind of language and Mm -hmm. so you have to keep in mind if you're encountering the newbie setup or Mm -hmm. the the setup for people who won't pay that is the majority of any market they're either not ready to buy Mm. or they don't understand that they have a need or they'll never have a need that they Mm. legitimately don't have a need. That's plenty of people out there. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Or they're struggling for some reason. They're (laughs) struggling for the reason that they're paying attention to the wrong things and thus they're easier to get a phone call with. Like the people who are easier to get on the phone are often paying attention to the wrong stuff and it makes them easier to get on the phone. And so it's very easy to get a twisted view of your own market there i'd say that's more of a marketing issue than a sales issue but the salespeople, especially if a solo founder who's making their own product and they've got a lot of their identity wrapped up around the business Mm -hmm. which is kind of inevitable sometimes it's it's another one of my kids you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um it's it's very difficult to separate those two things sometimes you have to make sure that you keep in mind these are different things and Mm -hmm. it very frequently requires more objective outside help to do that. It's hard to do from inside the bottle. It's hard to read the label from inside the bottle.
1: So how do we approach that then? How do we get that sales process with a giver's attitude and still be Mm -hmm. successful? I mean, we talked about consultative, but I mean, say you are a B2C. And mm-hmm. you're, you have a quota at the end of the month and you, and you only have five more calls and you need to close three more sales and your average close rate is 10%, right? You sure. know, one out of five is not going to do it. Right. right. So right. how do we approach that? How do we approach that giver's attitude in the sales process?
0: Well, I think we have to do it independent of quota. A, you have to be in a situation where you can take a giver's approach. You have to be Mm -hmm. in control of your process. Mm -hmm. So if you're at a place where you're not in control of the process, okay, well, follow the process or quit. Those are your only choices, right? True. You have to be willing to hit the big red button if there's Mm -hmm. a process that just doesn't work for you. So don't assume that you have to contort yourself to fit in someone else's box. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm practically unemployable because I always squirm out of the box in some way. And it's like not even healthy <laughs> ways necessarily. I'm just extremely entrepreneurial. You've also
1: owned your own business. That makes us un- unemployable for oh, some right. reason as well. right? But,
0: <laughs> but when you are in control of the process, as long as you can control the process, then just decide, okay, I'm going to be a giver here and I'm going to ignore the quota like that's mm-hmm. what puts people in the taker mindset is mm. like always about the quota. And what you said before was good because it's about does that new guitar owner win whether mm-hmm. or not they bought from you? Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got a guitar, they can start learning or or they've got a new guitar and they can they can continue their music career better. Mm-hmm. And so looking for the win for them is Simple. I mean, everybody talks about that. So let's talk about some tactical ways of doing that. So reversal is the first way that I use. I I talk about the elephant in the room technique a lot. If you know someone cares about something, should you hide it and try and gloss over it? Or should you address it directly in mm-hmm. any relationship advice you're going to get? They're going to tell you address it directly. And it's this is a relationship. If we're going to as a founder, if we're especially as a, a service founder, a coach or a, or mm-hmm. a marketing agency or a SaaS founder or etc. If we are starting a relationship here, do we want that to be an easy or difficult relationship? I'd rather have easy relationships. I'd rather be myself mm-hmm. and not have to hide anything. So let's talk about things in a way that lets us start a relationship on a good foundation. This comes down in large part to a collaborative sale rather than an oppositional sale. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to beat someone. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to rebut objections. I'm not trying to figure out how to out clever them on a phone Mm -hmm. call. I'm never trying to out clever someone on a phone call or or on a (laughs) Zoom call. Right. For one, I'm just not clever enough to do it most of the time. I, I, I do not consider myself an amazing salesperson. I've been a top salesperson, but mm-hmm. it was because I had a system that did a lot of the emotional heavy lifting for me. Mm-hmm. I had a good process, a giver process for myself, mm-hmm. and it works. Exactly. So it takes a lot of the nervousness out of it. So here, here's mm-hmm. a specific way of applying the elephant in the room mindset. Okay. to a technique. I call it the price upfront technique. It takes awesome. about a minute to do. Here's how it sounds. The salesperson says, hey, um, I am not the world's smoothest salesperson. I get weird about money sometimes. I- I'm a business owner. And so is it okay with you if I just tell you the price right now at minute four of this call instead of ambushing you with it at the end? They will always say yes. They will often laugh as they say yes. And so you get a little bit of an icebreaker. You get a little bit more rapport. I mean, you're never going to hurt rapport with that kind of vulnerability. Right. And you get a commitment. I left off part. It comes out different every time. It's the, right. it's the system, not the words. There are no magic words, <laughs> only magic feelings. Right. So I get weird about money sometimes and I'm feeling kind of nervous right now. Do you mind if I go ahead and get the price off my chest so that we can spend the next 40 minutes of this call Figuring out if it's really a good fit. And then when Beautiful. they say, yes, you have a commitment to stick with you for 40 more minutes. Nice. So you've got a tie down right there. You've got part mm-hmm. of your fulcrum, that lever. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you say, okay, it's $18,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's $6,000 a month. Okay. It's $52,000, whatever your price is. Mm-hmm. um I have a sales team, a day, a power day where we install sales ops and all that kind of stuff. And that's an 18K Mm -hmm. price right now. So that's why that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. But with this, we say, and see, I'm willing to say that on the air. That That's part of it. Like, I don't have anything to hide in a price. What's the point of doing that? Am I afraid I'm going to scare someone away? I used to be. That's what most people are. Right, most people are
1: just afraid to say the price because they think it's going to be too high right. for the person. So but, but that's their who own am money I scaring you, away. Yeah. So yeah. here's here's the thing. Then the the part
0: two of that technique is okay. Cool. It's eighteen thousand dollars. Now I can relax can you see my ears burning? Now I can relax about this. So there's my stress out of the way. Now you can scream at me or run away or or feel sticker shock or whatever you need to do, but I'm good now. Are mm-hmm. we good? Should we keep talking? Is that even in range? Yes. And so when they say yes, you are right about 60% closed at minute four of the call. Right. If they say maybe or uh, that's going to be tough, You know Mm -hmm. that you've got some pricing issues to deal with. Either Mm -hmm. you're going to need a financing package or you're going to need to if you do barter in your business, then this might be a barter situation. But primarily, you're going to have a lot of value building to do. You're going to have a lot of pain discovery and vision building to do for the rest of this call. And you need to know you really have to be on your game for that part of things. And so if they say no, then. What's happened here? You've gotten someone on your call that is not qualified to buy your product, or you've gotten someone on here who's out of integrity. They've just told you, yes, I will stick with you for 40 minutes. And then they've immediately told you no right after. So you either have a qualification problem in your marketing or there's an integrity problem. And it's usually the qualification issue. So they were never going to buy anyway. The people who run away screaming at minute four, they would have run away screaming at minute 44 there's a lot that goes on in that one minute technique. And it's a very easy way to help get yourself into a giver mindset, into a transparent, vulnerable giver mindset to make sales easy for yourself.
1: Are you ready to approach your sales process in a giver's mindset? Are you ready to give your value up so that you don't waste their time or yours? If you're having issues with any of this, I would suggest checking out Jeremy's awesome resources in the show notes. He's definitely leading with a lot of great value. And if you got value from this show, please subscribe and give us a rating. We'd love to get your feedback. And as always, stay buzzworthy.